Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Bueno, bueno, bienvenidos a el primer episodio de Season 6. Billy, bum, we bum, bum, are bum. back. We are back after a nice little summer vacation. But, you know, it's already towards the end of summer and it still feels really effing hot. <laughs> it is. It's super hot. It's about to get hotter because our guests today um, are an amazing, super hot duo from Puerto Rico. But before Ooh, I even mention Puerto who they Rico. are, I just want to say, Raul, congratulations, man. We made it to six seasons of Pili Raul en la Música. And we're also super excited because we have a new partner with us. Yes, we're so excited to team up with Maker's Mark, Fantastic Bourbon, and not just the brand and the company, but our dear friend, Mr. Jose Vargas. So that's really good to, to team up with him once again. Oh, yes. We have missed Jose. We've worked with him before and the planets aligned and the stars aligned yes. and we're back to working <laughs> with him. And and I'm a big fan of Maker's Mark and I love their uniqueness and how they do make a mark. So it's really cool to be part of the Maker's Mark family through our podcast, Pili Raul en la Música. Así que bienvenido, Maker's Mark, y bienvenido you who are listening to us aquí en Pili Raul en la Música. So, who is this hot duo that I was talking about, Raul? Well, it's a couple that we've interviewed in the past for a very short interview during South by Southwest when it went virtual. Right. We're talking about David and Gigi from Domino Saints, Yee! your dear friends. And I kind of consider them my dear friends as well now because I feel like I've known them for so long and seeing them at the Latin Grammys, interviewing them at different shows around town. And they're just sweet. Hearts doing it for the right reasons, yes. doing it their own way, which is kind of the parallel with Maker's Mark, which is why it's so exciting that we're teaming up with a company and a brand that kind of marches to their own drum, to their own beat, and does it their way, kind of like the way we do. You know, everybody told us back in the day, oh, that's going to be really tough, really hard to do. Go bilingual in Espanol or Inglés. Where are you guys at? What are you guys doing? But you know what? They get it. They understand they the mission and the the idea that we want to get to know the person behind the persona and to team up with Maker's Markets. It's a match made in heaven. It really is. We're super excited about it. And we're super excited to have Gigi and David. Like you mentioned, they are good friends of ours. I've known them for ooh, maybe 20 years. I mean, it's been a long ass time. And uh, I love how they've grown. I've loved that they are creating these amazing fusions of different genres. And like you said, doing it their own way and with impeccable style. So, oh, wait, and this is a special one because this was a live one. Yeah, we're in front of an audience in Hollywood at the Gibson showroom. So big up to the folks over at Gibson for allowing us to come into their space and really talking with close to 100 people that oh, we yeah. have very, very special guests that were uh, invited to witness this espectáculo, no? 
It was such an epic night. So <laughs> as you guys know, we do the live events. You know, we before COVID, we were doing them once a month. And then during COVID, we we're doing them on Zoom. And then last year, we, we did a couple. Um, but now we're kind of like back to more or less a monthly basis. And we these are these are our nights. These are our special yeah. nights every month when it's like we're doing PRM live in front of a live audience and the audience gets to get the full experience of drinking a lovely Maker's Mark libation while also getting to know their band and the artist way deeper and ask their own questions. Así que yeah. if you hear some sounds in the background, it's because it's all en vivo y a todo color. And you know what's a trip? You know, Pili, for the last, you know, four or five years of doing Pili Rala La Musica, I've learned how to speak Puerto Rican a little bit, you know, <laughs> and, and I catch on. But even having you there and David and Gigi there, but we're in L.A. and me being Mexican Chicano and hearing David talk about certain things that he didn't understand because they were Mexican slang. And at one point in the chat, you didn't know what it meant. And I'm all like, oh, yeah, we're talking. Yeah. We're talking my language now. So it was fun to kind of bring it full circle, but so many great tidbits and hearing their stories. So why don't we get into it, Pili? Vámonos. Here it is. Pili Raúl en la música presentado por Maker's Mark con Domino Saints en vivo. Oh, really good, good man. man. Thank you guys for having us. Everybody, un abrazo bien grande. Great to see everybody here. Yes. Super, super happy. We've been trying to do this for a long time live with them because they bring so much energy to their shows. And it was kind of like... Impossible. But we did it. I'm like, <laughs> Like I was sending them sending them gifts today about how excited I was about it. So I was sending them like all those gifts that go like that. And he's like, I like that gift. So I'm like, that's me right now, I swear. Well, I think if anyone's been part of our journey in an amazing way, it's been you and it's been so special to to, to be here. And um Sorry. And no, no worries. <laughs> Thank you. See, I, I get taken yeah. care of. It's awesome. No, that's how I, I like that. that she adjusted your shirt. I know. I was like, like, what is happening with your jacket? Amazing, that's man. the girl <laughs> taking care of her man. I'm I like good. that. No, 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 no. I love it. But I'm really excited to see you guys. I mean, last time we did this over Zoom. Yeah. Mid-pandemic, you know, so it's kind of nice to be, you know, being here with you. I mean, como dijo David, you've been such a great supporter of our music since day one. I think we mutually, mutually support <laughs> yeah. each other, you know, when you did Te Para Tres, yeah. your pilot it was with us in our house in puerto rico that was that was real life it was really cool it i think so a, a cool. lot of us like i see luis here he's, he's he's been a part of this journey a lot of people i've known for so many years and thank you guys for coming honestly it's been amazing to be able to be here and kind of reflect also on that journey like we we started in pr then we went like to school in in, in boston and that was like a whole adventure and that kind of changed our Not perspective just any school in boston you can drop names yeah name drop <laughs> Go for it. Well, yeah, yeah. Gigi, Gigi can drop the name formally. I yeah, think. yeah. I, uh, I went to Berkeley for songwriting, and that was an experience. And then we went back to Puerto Rico, and now we're in Miami, and and it's been such an amazing journey. It's been a roller coaster. I'm not gonna lie. It's been a roller coaster, but it's been such an amazing vibe. The people that you meet, you know, and and people that you know, we met each other. We 
like 10 years already, right? I don't more. even remember. Or even more. How we no, met. I actually, like, well, we met at LAMC a million years ago. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. 2006. Yes. 2009, 2009, 2009, 2009. 2009. 2009. I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Um, so when I went to record the show, the TV show with you guys, I went to your dad's studio. Yeah. So your family, Gigi, is, you know, your dad is a big music producer in Puerto Rico. You grew up dancing. You grew up loving jazz. That's kind of like your background. Yeah. How, how did this all, like, love for music begin for both of you, David? Because you're, you're an athlete. You come from, like, more of the athlete. athlete yeah, part. I come yeah. from inspired from, from playing soccer and being an adrenaline junkie. Like, I used to, like, you know, end up in the hospital after, you know, <laughs> trying to jump something stupid on a bicycle or... Or, you know, surfing 20-foot waves and getting cut up on the reef. I mean, I always had to do something wow. extreme. And I don't know. I had to well, live life. The right and, and the music was like my soundtrack in life. It really was. Like, every day I was surfing, listening to some crazy music on the way to, you know, I needed something to get me stu stupid enough to go surf 20-foot waves. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then eventually I got somehow that translated into going to hang out and parties, being of age to like dance. And I really like to dance. And I got into like, you know, wanted to dance salsa. I wanted to dance at reggae parties. And and then I wanted to be in the band that was making that happen. So I, I had to learn how to play music. And that's kind of how it happened yeah. for me. Well, I've seen you guys perform many, many times. So nothing has really changed because I see you on stage. And oh, that thank you, oh, yeah. no, it's still the funnest experience. Every single day I get an opportunity to do that. I'm just thankful because it's, it's so fun. It's amazing. For me, um, I say that my love for music started in my mother's womb because, you know, both my parents are musicians. My mom, my mom used to be a classical ballerina, too. And she would always tell me that while she had me in her stomach, she was taking ballet lessons. And, you know, it was like music all around. She would be in concerts and my dad being a pianist and a producer. So I was surrounded by music since before I was born. So it's interesting because they say that it runs in your veins, right? And it truly is because there was a moment in life. I think when you're 19, that first year of college, there's always that transition period in your life that you're like, I don't want to do the same thing my parents want to do. You know, and you're like, <laughs> you don't want to do that. So That's I, the story of my life. <laughs> and I, I started studying something else. And a what, year... What were you studying? I studied communications, okay. which for me was the most boring thing I've ever studied in my life. <laughs> you know, I thought I was going to be some kind of reporter or something like that. That didn't happen. Or TV hosts are so boring. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just like, you know, all I did was like write songs in class. And, you know, and that's when I noticed, like, why am I running away from what I what it's what I was meant to be? You know, since I'm a six years old, I told my mom I wanted to be an artist. And and it's, it's been like that. You know, first I started with, with ballet for 19 years. But even, in, you know, I would do ballet during the day and at night I would grab the guitar and, and write songs since like I'm super young, like maybe eight or nine years old. So it's, it's been my life. It's been my life and I love it. And I love now that, you know, we're, we're kind of like a circus family, you know, like a circus. You know, I still work with my dad and my mom does my outfits and I'm married to this guy that works with me. You know, it's like, <laughs> we're like a circus and, and I love it, you know, because uh, in a way it's, it's very unique to share the, your, your passion right. with the people you love. It's people you trust. Yeah, 100%. Well, you know, it, it, it is about that. It is about family. It is about culture. It's about ancestry. Yeah. And it's all this music that you guys really evoke. 
I mean, all that comes into play in your music. We're trying to put it in the music. You know, I think it's something about like trying to do something that like the music is greater than you. You know what I mean? That's how I feel. Like it's like an unselfish way of, of doing it. And I know a lot of, you know, it's supposed to be the opposite sometimes and it's not. I think, I think at the end of the day, we want to make music that's going to stand the test of time. That's going to be timeless in a way. And, and we love taking chances because, you know, we've played different styles of music in, in different parts of our life. You know, me being a drummer, I would play what I could play to get paid, man. I could play rock and roll. I could play reggae like a beast. And so I could play that kind of stuff. And I would just take gigs with different bands. And in the process, having to learn the set list, having to learn, like, I had, I had this really old reggae band that we played in. And the set list was all these super classic reggae songs. And I had to learn them as a drummer. But in the process, you know, you're hearing the song a hundred times, you learn how to sing, you know, and that was really cool for me. And then that kind of all comes together and you realize like, wow, we, we want to do this really special project called Domino Saints and we want to give that music to everyone else in a way. And that's why we just kind of keep fighting at it because it, it seems like it's what we're meant to do. Yeah, but and vice versa, the, the culture really kind of influences the music as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all the culture I we mean, live, we, we put it as a, yeah. we put it in the sound. We we do. We 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 want those stories to be real of, of where we're from, and we want it to not just be like the lyrics that tell you where you're from, but you actually want to feel that in the sound, you know. And and that's why we also aren't afraid of of mixing all these different styles and and finding a way of of still making it sound like where it's from. And it's it's for us. It's been since the moment we thought of Domino Saints. It's like yes, we're Latino. But our music was for taking our culture to the rest of the world, not just for Latinos. So we always saw that we, we could be a bridge, you know, to the rest of the world and not try to keep us apart. And, and I see that now with, you know, everything that's going on with like the digital world. And it's so beautiful because we thought about that when we started this project at about like bringing our two worlds together with our music. That's why we started doing bilingual music when there was no bilingual music, you know? People thought we were insane. Like, what is that? You got to pick a language, girl, you know? Like <laughs> and, then, and then Pitt came out. Pitt came out and that kind of changed what we were doing when he really blew up it kind of legitimized us in a sense because people are like, holy shit, and they can do that. And, and the idea was like, you know, if you can sing and if you can be legit in the language you're going to sing and you feel like you can speak it, why not? You know, I don't feel like there's anything wrong. Oh, yo soy Latino, tengo que hablar en español siempre. I want to do that too, but honestly, I got to talk to other people. So I'll speak, I'm not going to stop being Latin because I speak in English, you know, it's, it's okay. And like, I think our music can reflect that or if you want to collab with an artist that that speaks a different language and, and you can find a common ground. Language is a way of, of bridging with people, you know, and we kind of want to be ambassadors of that, you know, giving the good side of Latin culture to the rest of the world to, you know, teach people the beautiful part of our culture. I think if we can do that, even in the grimiest urban music, I think you're still doing something great, you know, so <laughs> Plus that's what we aim for. It's, I think every, mostly everybody here, we're all trilingual because Spanglish is definitely a language. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a couple of languages. There's Puerto Rican Spanglish. There's, yeah. there's uh, Miami Spanglish. There's definitely L.A. Spanglish. You know, the other day someone was like, oh, yeah, my, mi, mi jaina. And I'm like, what? Mi jaina? Yeah, that's your girl, right? That's your girl yeah. on the West Coast, right? Como se dice? Lo dije bien. Mexicanos in the house? Woo! Mi jaina? That, that sounds like your hiney. 
Haina. And then, you know what? If I could find that Haina and that Sancho that she's found. You know, that's oh, so that long. Yeah. Now I'm like, holy shit. That was like a West Coast, like, Latin cool. Spanglish word that got thrown out there. And it was really dope to kind of like, now, years later, figure that out. <laughs> that's the beauty of the music and all from all the different cultures around the world. Everybody's going to throw in their own flavor, their own sazon, as you yeah. say. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Did she tell you puñeta or not yet? Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Many times. So, like, when you stub your toe, like, I think you can tell where somebody's from based on what word they scream out when they, like, stub their toe, you know? Like, they're walking, front toe hits, like, you know, the two. Coño, but puñeta, you know that's a very Puerto Rican one. Anyone anyone who says that is from Puerto Rico for sure. Vergación is like Venezuelan one. I love that one. Venezuelan from Maracaibo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vergación. That's another level of word. That word is awesome, by the way. Well, you touched a little bit on that. It's not even maldición. It's vergación. I just say fuck. So, but you touched a little bit on that. You guys are not the traditional in your nah. music and in it, it it's like okay how does domino saints music get interpreted you know because you can't put it in any kind of corner yeah and and we wanted it to be that way when we started this group also i've always been a rebel without a cause but maybe with a cause too i've hated people telling me what i can i can't do yeah. And one of the things that I've hated about this industry is that the first thing, the moment you say you want to be an artist, they want to tell you what you have to do, right? <laughs> you got to do this genre. You got to sing about this. You got to look like this. And I'm like, what if I don't want to do that, you know? Yeah. And I think that what, that's one of the reasons we did with Domino Saints is because we wanted to break all the rules. The first rule is you do not you know, sit, work with your partner, right? Not even in music, I think that's worldwide. Everybody's like, ooh, you don't work with your, you, you know, that's a no-no. And, and, and we're actually doing that. And we're married and we're a duo, we work together. Uh, we did bilingual music when there was no bilingual music. We started fusing genres when nobody was fusing genres. And it's all about breaking the rules because I want everybody to know that there's no rules in art. Yeah. You know, in art, mm. music. the rules are made to be broken. And that's what it is. And, it, and art is about interpretation. You know, when you see a, an artwork, right? And do you ask, what genre is this artwork? You know, you're just like, you're just looking at it and yeah. you're seeing what it, it means to you and what you feel from it. And that's how we view our music. It's like, we just make music and I let the audience interpret whatever they feel for it, you know? And I hate little boxes. It's like, oh, but what do you sound like? I don't know. It's like, <laughs> you know, they always ask us that. It's like, so what do you guys sound like? Or if you have to compare yourself to someone else, I think it'd be too know. much of a salad <laughs> for it to make sense. They just you know? listen to it, bro. Like, just you listen know? to it. You I'm, tell me. You we know? used to like, say, like, <laughs> if Black Eyed Peas was Puerto Rican or something, Maybe, but I don't even know. know. I don't know. I mean, that's the, yeah, because you know, there's a there's a guy girl thing, there's an urban thing, but then you know, it's it's very it's got a style, it's got a unique mm -hmm. style, and I thought you know, we that was definitely one of our inspirations for sure. Like, will I am everything he did, and especially when they added Fergie for me, that was it, because she was such an amazing performer. Yeah. Her voice was so cool, yeah. and I thought that as a composer, as a kid who was like writing songs. Like sometimes, you know, you, you hear Sting, for example, he just naturally sings like very high pitched, right? And he can reach these really awesome notes. 
and you want to write like Roxanne, you know, and then you're like, damn, but I can't sing like that, you know, and you're like, wow, but if I have someone else who sings with me, you know, they can do that part and I can do this other part that fits me really well. And then you feel like you don't have any yeah. like limitations when it comes to the songs you're making. And, and that was kind of like my thing that the first time Gigi and I decided to like jam on the guitar and, and sing together, that kind of happened. And that was really dope. And then, wow, that, that meant like we could do all sorts of different styles. And then we started listening to stuff that was happening like, you know, that happened already, but it was really incredible. Like the Fuji's, for example. Mm -hmm. And psh, I mean, that's just such an awesome combination. So we were thinking, well, you know what? How come I don't like, I can't relate that concept to anything in the Latin world. And I mean, I was thinking Pimpinela, but you know, seríamos los Pimpinela del perreo, como dicen. You know, porque es otra vibra. But but that was it, you know. And then I found out, oh, but they're actually like they're like brother and sister or something. So that's like even yeah. uh, that's like a different vibe. That's cool. But um, we decided that's where we wanted to head, and we had all these really cool inspirations. Which you know, obviously we grew up listening to reggaeton in Puerto Rico, like in in many awesome ways. Like I know Gigi had her whole reggaeton phase of growing up in Puerto Rico and, and so did I in a way you know my neighborhood in Muñoz Rivera like like across the street there's a guy named Chawa and he would have all these people show up at his house and like like Don Chesina of course would, his name was Chawa Don, yeah. <laughs> Don Chesina would go to his house and stuff and I'd be like the little kid riding the bike like in front of the house and so I don't know like I had a very close interaction with the reggaeton culture like really young but I was listening to all this other cool stuff happening but Reggaeton for me was like the natural thing to listen to. I mean, and then back, listening back to then it wasn't even called reggaeton. No, it was on there, on there, yeah, on the ground, on the ground. And that's what like everybody in my neighborhood listened to, and that was like my everyday thing. The guys I surfed with, the kids I grew up with. But then, like at school, I would kind of meet kids that were on some other vibe, you know. And and with the surfing and stuff. I would listen to soundtracks of like videos and they were like punk bands or ska mm. bands or, or reggae bands. Shit that was like not what I was. Mainstream. Yeah. yeah. And, and that really like opened my, my eyes to like want to discover different stuff. And then eventually when I started playing drums, that was amazing because then I like I played a lot of rock and I did all that stuff and that was really fun. But then like, I knew I could play more stuff. So I started learning Latin culture and I started learning obviously like, like reggae culture and, and all that stuff on the drum set. And that gave me a lot of like language. And then I could see like, man, like Caribbean music is like every island's own interpretation of the same roots. And so you can like mix and match if you, if you want to give something a different sound. And, and that's kind of how we started viewing how we were going to build our music. And that way we could feel like it could represent where where we're really from and that mix of stuff. I kind of want to know more about your creative process though. Like where does the song come from? And also how do you pick who's going to sing what? So that's really interesting because again, I don't think we have a, a set rule, but we do have, we work it a little bit in a like assembly line, which <laughs> is really interesting. You know, let's say depending on who starts the idea, maybe they will be, you know what? I have this idea for a beat. He'll start building the beat. And then while he's building the beat, I'm already writing just ideas. So I start to scribble, you know, just like whatever comes to mind, whatever visual things I hear from the music, I don't know, it could be colors like, oh, I hear something red or, or just phrases. And, I just and you actually write down like I hear something red? No, I'll be like, just like, I don't know, walking down the desert highway or, you know, like start like just things, the visual things, just scribbling, you know, I'll be like, oh, I'm hearing this. And then while he's finishing the beat, 
that I'm writing, uh, we'll go into the mic and just throw some melodies. And after we do some melodies, we start finding like, oh, I'm feeling like this is the vibe of the song. Or like, maybe I find like, oh, this line I like, we should go into this line that's gonna be like the main focus of our song. And, um, and then after we do the melodies, we just write writing to the melodies. And, and it's been really nice because we, we can wor work really quickly right now and we can finish the song in like four hours. Oh, wow. Because, uh, yeah, because like, of this process. So it depends we on... We can do like 10 songs a week. Like, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's cool because depending on who starts it, maybe I start the beat and then he's already writing. So it's like this. Like we always like doing something while the other one is do focusing on something else. So it's, it's pretty cool. Sometimes we have a producer that he send us a beat and we'll do the same thing. You know, maybe while David does melodies, I'm already hearing stuff and I'm kind of writing or vice versa. So it's, it's really like not a, a rule. It all depends like who's kind of like, going the flow and, and starting the creative, uh, that spark. Mm -hmm. I think that there's something actually interesting that Jan Lee, we were in a live today in Instagram, we were talking about that, that sometimes to get the muse going, what helps is just to start writing. Right. Yeah. Even if it doesn't make sense, even if it's like, honestly, it's bullshit. You're like, what the hell is this? It's <laughs> stupid. But you know, it, it kind of starts, but then I read it to him. He's like, oh, wait, I have an idea. So you get that maybe gets the creative gets juices, the juices flowing. flowing. So I, and that's something I learned in Berkeley that there's no such thing as writer's block. And, and it's like, especially in this business, they told me, if you want to live out of this business, there's no such thing as writer's block. Oh, wow. You got to make that happen. Saca, if, saca cojones. If, see, if you want to make money, you got to like, you can't Stop be like, oh, excuses I'm in a writer's block, block and I have a rolling song in three months. You know, that's not, you know, that's not going to fly. So, so we kind of like live up that and obviously we enjoy it and it's, and it's fun, but that's kind of like the process we go through when we do songs. And you both bring different things to yeah. the duo. So, David, what have you learned from Gigi and Gigi? What have you learned from David? I've learned everything from Gigi, to be honest. And, like, I, and I'll, I'll say that almost literally, like when we were in high school, because we met in high school, we dated in high school, we broke up like five years, and then when we got back together, we were both in music, so that kind of like really strengthened the bond, and we were both doing our own thing in music, and then, honestly, it was like family members, and people were like, yo, just like, why can't you guys do something together? I mean, and then we thought about it enough, and we did it. But in that process, even in high school, like I remember I used to play drums, but I didn't know how to play guitar. And then one day, Gigi was like, yo, you want to learn how to play a guitar song? And I remember it was Fly Away from Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> and that was enough to kind of like get me going on that vibe. And then I just started learning stuff on my own. And then I started playing in a band where those, like, nobody could write anything. So I had to write everything. And I was the drummer. And I was like, I'm, I'm not even singing in the band. I'm not playing guitar in the band. I'm just a drummer. And I had to write all the songs. And it was all like really like you know kind of like cool punk songs which are kind of easy to write but three you know, chords <laughs> yeah three chords and so i knew i was like okay it's three chords here and then this part will make it four chords or you know let's give it something different and then i was just doing that all the time for that band and not really knowing like yo a lot of everybody can write you know like it's it's a vibe and so then i remember one time too we were playing at this show and there was this band they played like um hip-hop and like hardcore and the guitarist broke a string. So in the meantime, the rest of the band started playing like some cool dance hall thing. And like, there was nobody singing. And I just, I don't know, I just picked up a microphone and like did something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was any good, but I got the whole crowd kind of like excited. Yeah. And then You're I realized like, yo, like I could do that, you know? And then eventually I was afraid for years to get off the drum set. And Gigi was the yeah, one. Yeah, because you have like that perfect... 
boundary, yeah. right? It's like, yeah, I'm man. You know, over here. Yeah, it's um, a it's a completely different thing. Um, it is, but you know, it's weird. I don't know what helps. But I've you know after years of singing, I've I've played on tours with bands. And the singer has like congratulated me and being like, yo, I've never had a drummer that's like so on point to follow me. And I'm like, yeah, dude, because you're, you're singing. And I'm like basically thinking that that could be me singing. So I'm playing for you <laughs> and I make the rest of the band, you know, follow me, you know, and that kind of works really well. And, and like, it's crazy because I wasn't practicing anymore. And then I felt like I was playing better drums just because I had started singing. So it's kind of weird how that works. But, you know, I think just being around music in any sense like that when I did that tour with that band, you know, a lot of people were like, "Yo, you've been you've been doing your group for such a long time. Like, why are you gonna go back on tour with a band?" And I was like, "Cause you know, at, at the time also, we had changed record labels. We we're like in the limbo, and I kind of felt like I needed that. Like, I needed to just go sleep on a on the floor on a tour on a, in a tent in the middle of some random place, you know, on like some super like the tour I should have been doing at nineteen, you know, <laughs> and." Um, <laughs> I did it, man. And I, I actually kind of really connected again to what the hell are you doing, David? And like, yeah. what do you want to accomplish with this? And that's when we kind of got into this phase where we are now, where we're like independent. And honestly, we're about really following our hearts with the music and that's it. And like really protecting that because for a long time, you know, your head's in all this other shit and you're not where you need to be because you're too focused on the bullshit. And yeah. truth is like that is gone in a second. But when you do things for the right reasons, it brings opportunities that you weren't expecting that are better than what you imagined. And so that's where we focus, man, and try to try to do things así como que por las razones que son y, and it's been cool. Well, you guys have been at it for a while. How do you yeah. guys like push each other to like really kind of progress and evolve? Because like you said earlier, you're not just reggaeton. You're not just reggae. You're not just house music you guys are a mix of everything but how do you guys push each other as going back to actually i'll answer that question with billy's question one of the things that i've learned from david which has been really cool is his like persistent and he's and he's been that way since we met when we were 15 i ride or die bro i wanted nothing to do with him when we met like i i remember saying this guy talks so much like i, I do man no i cannot I cannot deal I with him. And I didn't like him at all when we met. I, it was not about, and the guy was like, ah, you know, just like Insistente. on it, man, until he won me over. <laughs> and it's, it's that side of David that it's really keeps us going in this group as well. And I've learned so much from him because sometimes I'm like, we have this dynamic. David's like the social guy. He loves being on, he's like, like, one celular, you know, he's like, he loves being on the phone and talking all day. I'm more like, you know, I'm talking more about the creative stuff, you know? I'm always like designing or writing, you know? I'm, I do the logistics and I'm more like that, you know? Like I'm social, but he's like the social butterfly, you know? <laughs> and uh, so it's really cool to see that, you know, it's been his, his drive that even something like, oh man, I don't know, this is so hard. Cause honestly being an artist is, is shit sometimes, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's a, it's a hustle. And he's like, no baby, we're gonna keep going. We're gonna do it, yeah, you know? And, and it's, it's been cool, you know, that even when we're down, and obviously I do it for him also because I've learned from him that part, you know, when he feels down, I'm like, no baby, come on, let's go, let's go. We've you got know? this. I, I have a sense of reality that I feel a lot of artists forget. Like, cause when I was 19, you know, that first punk band I was playing with, we were sleeping in the fucking like floor and loving what we did. 
and dressed like trash and looking smelly and staying in random hostels in New York with like crazy ass people next door. And and that was such a good life because I was doing what I wanted to do. So now I'm going to complain because I'm in a five star hotel. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yo, like, like I don't forget that, you know, I don't forget the carrying your drum set in a subway and all the shit I've been through and, you know, the fights. I remember I lent the next band my drum set after a show. And Uh at the end of the set, everyone, this was like insanity, right? This was like, you know, crazy punk rock show. So you can imagine the amount of consummation of alcohol, people jumping off stages, people getting hurt. And at the end of the set of the band that I let them borrow my drum set after we had played, um, they decide they're going to break their amps and shit and break their guitars and all that crap. And the drummer trashes my kit. Yo, like, I think in three seconds, I had done, like, a Superman dive. Like, and, like, we were just, and the whole (laughs) band got in it, and everybody was just nuts. Um, And, yeah, and then I remember I had these friends that were in this other band, which was, like, a really popular band, but, like, a couple of those dudes were, like, really hard dudes. Mm. And um, they gave that other band, like, a phone call, and they said, like, you need to pay him for whatever he wants on that kit, or else, like, you know, we're going to fuck you up. It got to that level. And so they called me. They're like, hey, man, uh, like, I heard you need, like, you need us to get you some new gear. And what, what, what did we, like, really? So, yeah, luckily, the kit really survived. Um, nothing was really, like, permanently damaged. But I made them get me a new, like, $300 drum pedal, a new, like, $300 hi-hat stand, a, a new crash. Like, I like that. The yeah. you came out. Dude, I was like, oh, yeah, and by the way, this and this. and Oh, because at the end of the day, I was still pissed, man. I mean, that was, like, so crazy. But after all that, like, all that stage of music being that intense, you know, like, doing what I love to do and, and finding other avenues for the music to kind of, like, monetize and working with brands and and doing stuff for video games for movies and and sharing my passion with football and and being able to do like some projects that require a lot more work to make them happen but when they happen they're so much more gratifying i remember sometimes that those in between stages of of getting those projects is always a hustle but i remember i'm like yo here i am in a different stage i'm no longer sleeping on the floor playing on some crazy tour and so I'm thankful and grateful. And so that just kind of keeps me going because at the end of the day, I'm like, yo, I, it's not really that bad, bro. Just like grind, dude. You know, because there's, there's always, people. There's always like something better. I mean, I remember when you guys parted ways with Capital and then the next song you guys hit, Que Ya Quiero, became number one yeah. on Billboard Best <laughs> Tropical Song. You know, it's like, take that Capital. You yeah, know? that was I, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I love them though I do I do I love everyone <laughs> but but you know that I think that is the morale that we want to show everyone that no one can tell you that when your career is over or when something that you love is over and I think that there's something about society that they always want to tell us like oh you know what I think your time is done you know you should start looking to do something else yeah. but if I would have th- listened to that the first time I would have missed out on all these things that I'm doing right now yeah. that they keep getting better and better and better. And I'm like, you imagine us being those idiots that, that listen to that guy that told over, us that we should have quit, quit over something after like that. Capital, you know, 10 years ago. No, crazy enough. Yeah. I can remember one person, which I'm not going to mention. <laughs> but like. <laughs> only one? Yeah, only I one. Mean, no, 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 oh, only one. one. No, but in this case, like, <laughs> it's an example to, to life. 
and to learn from it. Like this one person told me even before we got signed with Capital that we had already been doing this too long and that we should quit. And that was like 12 years ago. <laughs> Here we are. Like, you know, so it's like crazy that that the reality is you just got to be willing to keep putting out music. And that's really what it's about. Obviously, putting out music is easier said than done sometimes. You know, you have to learn to produce yourself then. You know, don't depend on so many people. The more independent you can be to create the content and to create the art because it's content and art. For me, there's a difference because we have to also value the difference between a music video where people conceptualize and you have a whole team of people versus I open my laptop and I'm doing a blog right now. You know, there's value to both, but let's let's learn to separate, you know, and obviously, you know, we've learned to to value the art and make that the priority and then just keep hustling, man. And that seems to, thank God, keep opening doors yeah. every day. Well, and I also, I, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt no, 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 you, but no. I, I lately even I've been in this writing camp this week for BMG. I always been really cool, and I've been talking to a lot of young girls because it's a, a, a camp with girls, and we were talking about the measure of success. And I think that that's something that no one ever talks about in the music industry. What is being successful? Because they always think like, oh, you haven't made it because you haven't, you don't have a mansion, you don't have a Bugatti, you know. You don't have like 100 million followers on Instagram, but is that really success? You know, if you're living, if I'm paying my bills, right? If I'm able to live a good life. Doing what you love. Doing what I love. Yeah. I, I think I have success, right? I don't think it has to do with, you know, being a millionaire. And I was talking to these girls and they were like, oh my God, yes, because they feel the pressure of like the millions of dollars right. and the Bugatti and all this thing, which is cool if it comes. But if it, that's I, I don't measure, like Bugattis. I don't like Bugattis. But if that's like the... <laughs> The, the, I prefer the a 9-11, bro. You know, yeah, but if All that's a way. measure, that's you know, it. it's not cool because there's a lot of people that are being successful in music and are being told that you should quit because you're not a millionaire, which it doesn't make sense. But it, wait a minute. Why are you telling me to quit if I'm making a living with what I, got, I love to do? So let's, let's kind of like focus our, our, our concept correctly, yeah, you like know? Yeah, re rewrite the meaning of the success. Re yeah. The meaning of success, especially for the music industry, you know? Like, all these girls, they feel so much pressure, and not only the girls, everyone, you know, feel the pressure of like, oh, I gotta do all this thing because I have to be a millionaire. If not, I don't make it, you know, and I'm gonna have to quit. But no, man, if you're making even $20,000 a year, and it's good enough for you to pay your bills, to pay your car, you pay your house, you are, are are achieving success with what you love to do. It's better than, than going to some shitty job you fucking hate. Yeah, that you hate. Yeah. That you hate, sure. which I've been through because I've had to have all the jobs <laughs> in the world. And then one day I was like, you know what? Fuck this, man. Yeah. I'm going to dedicate my stuff, every my intention to music. And that's when things started happening. And so... And I think that's what make, makes you guys super unique. You know, we were talking about like Maker's Mark and how every bottle of Maker's Mark is super unique yeah. because mm -hmm. they hand dip every bottle so that the wax is different. That's awesome. And how like for me, what makes you guys unique is that dedication. What for you makes you unique? Um, what makes us unique? I think it's our passion, you know, because that passion drives all the dedication, drives the discipline and uh, discipline, meaning, you know, wanting to achieve it because it's a constant fight to you know even stay going to the gym every day if you can or eating right or actually taking time to rehearse or you know 
damn, I got to finish this song. You know, obviously there's a hundred people calling you every day, especially in Miami. Like, hey, you want to go out tonight? 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 You don't want to go out tonight? The first two years when we were at Capitol, by the way, and you're a witness to this. (laughs) Holy shit. I mean, (laughs) we could have made more music. We really could have because... (laughs) We well, didn't because we were hung over and yeah. shit, like doing yoga poses over the sofa, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> just uh, knocked out. But it, that was a that was a vibe. It was a phase. Um, but then you know you realize, wait, wait, okay, and and maybe you start really digging into like the your idols in a way, you know, like some of them are the punk rock dude that's just like, wow, that dude is put up with anything in life to keep doing his music. And then you find out, but he was also a businessman and he bought a house with his money right. and he, and you know, he bought a couple apartments and he's got this real estate gig on the side, stuff like that. You start realizing, holy shit, like we still have to be functional humans as a business, as a company. And so we started realizing like, wow, Gigi's father's has a company. He's been doing this forever. He used to have a studio, he used to have employees, Gigi's mother, professional like seamstress professional like like ballet teacher like they make a business out of their art and so when we really started making them as an example in a way as to how we needed to behave professionally and then take that to whatever level we can then that's when i think things started getting serious for us because we wanted to you know expect from ourselves enough and more than enough to, to put us on the road, to get us paid, and for people to see the value in what we do. And then obviously we can make a living doing what we love, which is like that first step that a lot of people never take. And I think that's like the, you know, that step of faith people talk about, like that that one foot off the boat into the waters phase, you know. That's really where it is. If you never just jump head first, then you never put yourself in the situation to need to grind enough to pay the bills doing what you love. Cause you know, you, you take s- risks. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, yeah, like for us, for example, we were, you know, in PR, we could have stayed there and PR had a normal for, job. For Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, yeah, Puerto Rico. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Pico> Rivera. <Huh? laughs> See, that's why I need to, we're in LA, we need to, we need to clarify. No, it's not Pico Rivera, left. it's Puerto Rico. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we, if we were not ever like taking that first step, maybe to leave Puerto Rico, go to Boston, try to study, study in something incredibly expensive and another place you have to find a way to study. In my case, I never graduated from Berkeley. I was there like on this really weird, um, the professors love me program. They know I had to work full time. <laughs> and so they were like totally going out of their way to give me classes on the side, all this stuff. And I couldn't really enroll cause it was like either, you know, quit my job and enroll or, or don't enroll, you know? And they gave me this really cool exception. And obviously it's cause they also had a great relationship But Gigi was like a full-time student. And so, like, all the other students were like, yo, you know, her husband plays sick drums, man. He's trying to study here. Can you give him a hand? And, like, no, all these basically professors. Basically, David went for Ber- to Berkeley for free. I, it wasn't free. I still had yeah. to pay the professor's <laughs> cash. No, no, no. Yo. Yeah. You needed to finish that sentence. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. of yeah. me. Cash what? in hand. You should have finished that sentence because you just said, basically, David went to Berkeley for free. And you have to finish it because of me. <laughs> Because of me, because, yeah. of because of me, literally. Because <laughs> exactly. back then there was no like sensors or anything to go into Berkeley, oh. so you know he would come see me every day. You would put him in your backpack. No, <laughs> everybody would see him around, even the professors, and they thought that he actually studied there. So he would like sneak into the classes, and they wouldn't say anything. So good for you, man. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> 
smart. It's crazy because like I ran into Luis Figueroa, who's like you know killing it. He signed to Mark Anthony. He's a crazy salsa singer, and I run into him the other day, and he's like, "Yo, you remember we used to sing in the same ensemble together?" And it's so funny because like I wasn't formally in that ensemble, but he doesn't know that. <laughs> So like, are you cool. still paying for those student loans? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was really cool, honestly. And that yeah. that showed me also that there's there's people that are they have a good enough heart that when they see you're hungry for something, you know, they they, they put the time in to, to to teach you. And I feel that way too, man. People tell me like they call me all the time. Artists call me, younger artists call me a lot to ask me about contracts, deals, stuff like that. And I don't like even think twice and I just tell them you know how it is give them advice because man this industry is it's tricky uh, for some reason i feel like the film industry is like so much more organized i mean right now they're on strike yo artists don't go on strike we're all like on our own <laughs> yeah you know it's like it's crazy you know people are like oh if i go on strike this dude's gonna take my spot like that's <laughs> that's how it is it's this is cutthroat pirate shit yeah, exactly. you know it's cutthroat yeah, yeah there's yeah, no honor special. among thieves bro and i guess you know anyone who's an artist knows that you have to learn how to play in the shady bar at four in the morning with a bunch of gang bangers hanging out <laughs> that's part of South life Beach you know <laughs> yeah yeah anyway, so honestly know. you know i think my my biggest advice to anybody whatever it is you're trying to achieve as a professional or as an artist really it's just like man you know focus on the positive because there's always going to be negative in everything and i think all of us sometimes we expect too much of people we're all human no one's perfect you know so just do your best man and focus on that and then everything else you know And also about making an impact in the world, making a mark in this world. And I hope that all of you get a chance to fill out the cards at the beginning when you guys checked in. Yes? Yeah, we got a room full of people here at Gibson. And just like you guys are unique, like Billy was saying, every bottle of Makers is unique. So when we had people come in, we had a little postcard and have them write a question for you. All oh, right. Cool. cool. So you and where, where's and the ice. box? It's right where's here. The... Uh -huh. Give it up But you know what was funny? You're talking about the uniqueness of yeah. Domino Saints yeah. and all the accolades that you guys are getting now, uh, Latin Grammys, all the stuff for FIFA, you name it, all over the world. You were telling me earlier that you guys spent like a month and a half touring Budapest, Spain, all over the world. But it was funny because I think the one time that we really hung in at in Las Vegas for Latin Grammys, yeah, mm -hmm. you guys were going to play at Hakkasan. Yeah. yeah. Or either I think was the the closing party yeah, yeah. after party after it was party. really and, and i'm all like oh yeah you guys are gonna go domino saints are playing they're like oh yeah that's that reggaeton band right and the other guy next to them they're, no 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 they're like reggae and i'm all like well, wait a minute <laughs> i know the I other know guy them, said <laughs> i know them as like house music yeah. and so nobody could really yeah. pinpoint you guys and put you into that little box. i mean i think it's pop oh i mean yeah I it's, know pop. That it's, it's pop. our way of envisioning pop it's music. pop it's We, I mean, Global internally, we, we call it Caribbean pop because we always add that Her island, island thing yeah. into it island no pop. matter what. I like what. that name. And I think that what makes us unique, you were talking about what makes us unique, I think it's our, our sound. And our sound could be on top of anything. Like, you know, our, how we write, our melodies, our interpretation of music, no matter what you put us on top of, whether it's house or reggaeton or reggae, I think that's what makes us unique. Yeah. The way that we interpret you know music right you know and how we view music and 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 how we break the rules with everything and and that's why but i think at the end of the day we do do pop yeah. and pop is ever evolving yep. you know oh, yeah 
Oh, yeah. Hey, nothing wrong with popular music, right? No, I love pop. And pop I think just means it's good enough that a lot of people like it, man. That's all it means. <laughs> like, we try to put that, and I, I used to fight with that in, in, like, the Latin world because if you said pop, like, literally, it was Bad like... Word. Well, it was, you know, like, very acoustic sounding, you know, maybe... Baladas. Balada Back también. in the day. Yeah. Now it's reggaeton. Pop is reggaeton. Yeah. Right? Which but is- we were... We were there to see that transition to say, no, pop can be reggaeton, pop can be electronic music, pop can be dance hall, you know, pop can be what actually people like to dance to and with songs that, you know, aren't talking about murdering somebody. <laughs> like literally, like pop can, can, can interpret all these urban rhythms and, and, and also give them, give them song, you know, really that's what it's about for us. And that's kind of been a vibe. First of all, we want you guys to answer how are you making a mark in the world? Um, I think we're paving the way to new artists find other ways of also living of music. And, and I think that's, a, that's how we're making a mark and knowing that, again, that there's no rules in, in art. That's how I think. Okay, so, well, pick one. Right, okay. Yeah, Ooh. pick one. Oh my God. And you can, if you don't understand it, I, I can read it for you. What are your thoughts on AI for music mm. use? Okay, really interesting question. And then, I don't know if they put the name down or not. YR. Who's YR? Reveal LR. Is it you? Oh, well, thank you for the question. This is actually a really good question. Good question. We've been talking about this a lot, not only with music industry people, but also with brands. And it's interesting because I've been kind of like fooling around with AI recently in these past months. And it's actually an amazing creative tool. If you see it as inspiration, you know, you, you write and be like, you know what, I want to write a song about this, and it gives you something, and maybe that can inspire something else. But if we're just going to let AI write songs from now on, I, I'm, I'm against that, because it's going to start killing Humanity. True, well, true creativity, because, I mean, at the end of the day, it is a machine, you know, and it's going to get to a certain point where it's gonna, not going to keep creating new ideas because it needs a human behind it to bring new ideas, you know? So I think if you see it as a creative tool or an inspirational tool, like whether it is, you know, I need an idea for a song that mixes blah, 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 and it gives you an idea or it gives you a word or whatever, maybe that can ignite, you know, the muse that we were talking about or an idea for a song or maybe from some lyrics, you're kind of like stuck in that lyric and you don't know what to write and maybe it gives you an idea for, for that line, but then you kind of tweak it. I, I, I understand. It's such a fine line there, it, It's a very fine yeah. line. It and, is, it's And it's many scary. people won't respect it because I think they, that's the problem. The problem is that we can see the line, like the artist can say, you know what, this could be a tool. Like, for example, I have a friend working on it where he's trying to make software for, for songwriting and he's trying to make it easier because not everybody is a musician, not everybody went to school. So, you know, maybe this gives you different ideas of different chord progressions. And so you can think of that and which one am I going to add? Which one am I going to use? And so you can tell it vibes, you know, I want something dark, something this, something minor, whatever, and it's going to give you ideas. So is that AI producing that? Yes, it is. But in that case, it's a tool. But yeah, but if I'm going to say, Oh, here I am. You know what? I don't want to use a songwriter anymore. I'm just going right, to tell it to make a song about whatever and print. And that's it. And that's what goes in the movie. You know, you're taking actually the real substance out of the opportunity to have someone be a part of your team. And like, I don't think bottom line can always be 
the end goal of everything. Like, seriously, at some point, you have to value the process that yeah. gives something value. The credibility behind your movie could be the fact that you had John Williams do the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. You know, if you had the computer do it, would anyone give a shit? Right. You know, but it's John Williams. He's the guy who did Star Wars. He's the guy who did, you know, Jaws. Oh, shit. Okay, well, then he's going to do Indiana Jones. You know, that's how it went down, really. And or the same thing when I think of Danny Elfman, boom, honestly, I think, bam, Tim Burton and all that weird dark shit that he does, right? But that's, that's Danny's, like, humanity that comes out that way. Mm -hmm. So unless Danny would be there telling the AI machine what to sound like, the AI machine isn't going to, like, all right, now I can be like, oh, let's make a song about the smiling Cheshire cat. Fuck it. You know, that's a subject. Let's go. The AI would have to have someone tell it, make a song with something about a cat. Or else, it's not gonna get there. You yeah, know, it's not gonna have the, the no. The so I'm not. I'm not worried about it. To be honest, really, I'm not well, because I know that I, I mean, good I did at see what Terminator, I do. Terminator, man. I'm. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm more worried about <laughs> that. I'm worried about the Is you the know the AI the Terminator <laughs> Matrix situation. I'm not worried about the machine making better music than a human oh, because the imperfection in music is where the soul is. Ooh. So, like, people hear that and feel that. And that's why humanity is never meant to be perfect. But the reason the other person can connect with you is because they can feel that vulnerability, which is not even in how you sing. It's not even how you produce. It's, like, in your soul, and that's in the music. So a song is never 100% perfect. That would be whatever the fuck AI does, and no one wants to listen to it. You know, the humanity is what gives it a purpose and things without purpose are nothing. So uh, that's how I feel about AI. Like I'm not afraid of it. I think it's going to be a tool. Do they have to regulate that shit? So it doesn't go Terminator on our asses. Yes. <laughs> you know, but am I worried about it as a songwriter? No. And I don't think anyone else should be challenge yourself. Oh, yeah. Shit. This, this thing wrote that I can write better than that shit, you know, and that's it. Well, right. you, you get to pick the next one, but you're right. Oh. That charm is in those mistakes and these, those imperfections. Yeah. That's what makes the music. Oh, charm. Sunset strip. Right. So, what are you doing today to make your mark for the future? Creciendo, madurando y apoyando a mi comunidad. Nice. So, how, how are you guys? Because I feel like you guys collaborate with a lot of artists. So, is that your way of giving back to the community? There's a lot of ways. Yeah. Like sometimes, literally, we, do a, we do a lot with foundations and foundations children's too. foundations. We also, there's something like, you know, we're in the age of inclusivity, right? Everybody talks about inclusivity, this and that. And I think that there's a lot of other, a lot of communities that need to be included. And one of us is like, we do a lot of work with Down syndrome kids. Mm. And they're a community that has not been included in a lot of things. And they're super talented and amazing. So I think that giving back to the community is like helping, giving hope to kids that, that maybe have been left out, or they feel left out, or they feel like they can't do it, and feeling, I mean, they write us all the time, like, oh my God, I feel like I, have, I finally have a friend, right. you know, and all these things are, we included one girl in our video, and she's like, she said like, I, no one has ever made me feel like I'm pretty or like a rock star. So it's things like that, I think that, and I've noticed how other artists now are including you know, people from that community as well. So I think that way is like opening the door to just include everybody. Yeah. All right. Yeah. One, one more. more. You guys want to hear one more? They, what are you doing today to make your mark in the future? Work as hard as I can to share my vision. So what is your vision? Oof. Yeah. And that was anonymous. That's can amazing. Me, can you study also? Yeah. Work as hard as you can to share your <laughs> vision. You know, I think a vision is like, you know, teach people that 
they can come together with music, uh, take the best of our culture to the rest of the world, and and show people some light, you know, that they can follow or that can inspire them to be the best version of themselves, you know. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Debbie thank and you. Gigi, for this time. Thank, thank you, you guys. Thank you, Los Angeles. Thank, thank you, so Gibson. That's at Maker's Mark. Thank you. Thank you. How lovely was that? Teaming up once again with Domino Saints to close out this first En Vivo presentado por Maker's Mark right here on Pili, Raul, and La Musica. Thanks once again to everybody at the Gibson Showroom for allowing us to come in. The hundred or so invitees that we had to witness this live presentation. Hopefully you can join us in an upcoming one. All you got to do is follow us on Instagram, stay in touch, shoot us a message, and we will invite you to an upcoming one. For sure. And also, this episode is on our YouTube channel. So if you want to see what we do en vivo, then check it out. Go to our YouTube channel, Pilitra en la Música, and watch it there. Again, thank you for the love. Gracias por el amor, el cariño, el apoyo. Without you guys, we would not be having a brand new season. So, gracias and welcome to season six of Pili Raul en la Musica. We'll see you next time. Ciao. Bye bye.